This is episode 21 of Girls on Film. This week, the girls welcome Brad Siegel, founder of Brand New World Studios. Siegel boasts a career in media and media management like no other. Recently, Siegel was leading networks like TNT, Turner Classic Movies, the UP Network, and TV One. Siegel is a master at creating passionate programming that hits the hearts and speaks to the minds of today's television viewer. everybody, this is Sarah Smith and I'm with Teresa Roth. And we are Girls on Film and we are here in Buckhead, Georgia, Buckhead, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, talking to one of uh, Atlanta and Hollywood's and the United States and the world's uh, most experienced media experts, innovators, and accomplished executives, Mr. Brad Siegel. How are you today, Brad? Couldn't be better. Welcome, Brad. I'm with you guys. I'm with the girls on film. That's Woo! right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our program. Um, whenever I think of Brad, I think of um, of working at Turner Broadcasting and uh, you know working up in the in the mansion, as it was called. And um, Brad was always a fast walker. Um, moved really quickly. Um, and was always looking straight ahead, uh, a little intimidating, which is a good thing, but extremely, extremely focused, uh, focused and accomplished person. Um, I caught up with Brad last week and um, saw that he had started a new company, which for Brad, he's done, he's done this a few times, haven't you? I have. Yeah. And I referred to Brad as a serial entrepreneur, but he has a little bit of a different take. So we're going to go to that in a second. But Teresa, I wanted to see if Brad would tell us about his new company, where he is today, right now, what he's doing. Because we spoke about it, Brad and I, just a little bit on the phone. Very, very innovative concept. Very cool, very modern Potentially uh, a couple of years ahead of its time, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, but that's fine because things move quickly, especially in media. And everybody else will be you know, caught up and he'll still be ahead of the game. And by the way, your message on your website is awesome. Really great website. Thank you. I said well, the it's same just, thing. It's, yeah. it's just a start because we're just a startup. So there's not, uh, unfortunately, not enough of our films yet that we can put up there in trailers. We'll have one up very shortly. Um, so it's it's a bit more of a billboard and a statement of like who we are and what we're doing and, and how we think about. And tell us the name of your company. It's called Brand New World Studios. Yep. Brand, Brand New, World. New World Studios. And it's uh, a phenomenal name. And I'll, It is. And I'll how t- did you get that name? Well, it's a great story. So, um, I was running a company in Washington, D.C., a television network called TV One, right. right, which was the number two black entertainment network. Um, there was BET, and then TV One was their chief competitor, based out of Washington, D.C. And I was living in D.C., and I, I, I ran the company for three years. 
but I was sort of getting weary of, of running television networks. I had really been doing that uh, since, in a sense, sort of since 1982. Wow. Um, and we'll come back to that. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, the television network business has changed so dramatically. And for smaller companies or mid-side companies like a TV One or Up and Aspire, which is the network that I had created with my partner Charlie Humbard in, in 2004 after I left Turner Broadcasting, um, really what you're, what you're doing is managing the rate at which they're shrinking rather than the rate wow. at which they're growing. Wow. And uh, that isn't what I wanted to do. And, and my passion was really on content and about content and 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 more than just content it my passion was telling meaningful stories that positively impact people's lives that's what what i call purpose-driven content right and i knew that that's how i built every network that um either i started or i was charged with taking over and taking to the next level my focus was always on content and somehow I just naturally gravitated towards stories that were about writing injustices and that were meaningful more than frivolous. Uh, they weren't just entertainment for entertainment's sake. Uh, they moved people to a different place and they moved people to think about the world differently and think about how they can make the world a better place. And, and that's what got me out of bed every day. That, that, that's my why. That's my purpose. Uh, and I discovered that really not um, – I, I sort of discovered after the fact. I didn't go into it saying, you know, here's my purpose. I'm going to make meaningful content that positively impacts people's lives. I was just sort of doing it. And then I sort of had to go back and look at my body of work and everything that I had accomplished over my career and said, wow, I've, I've made over – well over 200 f scripted films and documentaries and series – almost 300 actually and and there seems to be this common theme in the kinds of stories that I want to tell and fortunately in the ones that I've been involved with we've won Emmys we've won Golden Globes we've won Peabody's uh, we've won every major cable ace awards every major award that can be won in the television world. What were some of those so people can look them up? Well, some of the ones that I'm most proud of, um, and they come to mind, I would say, would be Door to Door with William H. Macy and Helen Mirren, um, which was the story of, true story of a door to door salesman with cerebral palsy. Um, and that was, you know, the theme there was patience and persistence. Mm -hmm. And uh, the epic story, uh, the miniseries that we did at TNT uh, called George Wallace with Gary Sinise and Angelina Jolie before anyone knew who Angelina Jolie was. And the, uh, it was a miniseries. It, it, both of those won the Emmy for Best miniseries, Best Picture, it, they both won the Golden Globe, they both won Best Actor, they both won Best Supporting Actor, um, and, and George Wallace dealt with um, <clears throat> a tragic figure in the middle of the civil rights crisis mm -hmm. and, and sort of the transformation of a human being from thinking one way to going down into another way of thinking and then ultimately his redemption. 
um, but at the last moment of before he died. Right. Uh, and um, so uh, those are two that at, at Turner that I that I um, that I very fond of. Uh, at at up there were you know there were there were many because that was really what we were about. We were about uplifting entertainment. I would love to just backtrack a quick second. Sure. Um, because you were talking about TV One and how that was feeling a little unsatisfying to you. Um, and how that, because of the content and what you were doing as an executive there wasn't um, so fulfilling. And that's why you came and built brand new world. Well, I don't want to be that harsh about it. What, First of all, so, that which, job was which, horrible, and you you didn't like DC. You wanted to come back here. No, I love DC. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I love DC, and that job didn't start out as being horrible because we made several films there that I really felt very strongly about. One that comes to mind is a movie called Bad Dad Rehab. What a great re- opportunity! And, and and it starred Malik Yoba um, and a great ensemble cast of of actors. One of the reasons that I love that movie is that it won the American Black Film Festival screenwriter competition that Fantastic. I had started back when I was at UP, and then I brought it with me to um, t- to TV One. And so this was a first-time screenwriter, and um, it dealt with a subject that unfortunately is too prevalent in the African-American community which are fathers that leave their homes. You know, uh, I think something like a staggering statistic, like over 75% of, of black households are fatherless. Mm. And um, it's just staggering when you hear that. It is. So this was a movie that both very poignantly and very heartfelt dealt with the subject of, of deadbeat dads, fathers who um, left their homes, left their children, um, we're not taking care of them the way they, they should take care of them, right. the way the father, a father should, and that were inadvertently thrown into therapy. Amazing thing about it was Malik Yoba, who, who was the therapist who ran the group sessions, it, it, that is something he actually does. Wow. He, he started doing that. And wow. he travels around the, the country talking about fatherhood. Uh, so it couldn't have been more perfect, and and I think anybody who sees that mo- that movie, uh, when we premiered it, the, the beauty of it also is that we the 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 script won the festival the year before, we made the movie and it premiered at the festival the oh, following cool. year. Wow! And that's something we Quick did turnaround. every we we did that for six years in a row. So we mm. did it like for three years at at up. Uh, when we started it up, and then and those were more faith and family type of screenplays. And then when we went to TV One, my good friend and partner Charlie Humboldt let me take the 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 uh, competition with me because it was something that was near and dear to my heart. I brought it to TV One, and we uh, and and we made three films that also you know where the winners got to see their film made and, and see it on the big screen at a premiere at a festival the following year. The one that won the festival the first year was a film called Raising Izzy. Um, it, was, it was written by a guy by the name of David Connolly, who is right here in, in, in Atlanta. And, uh, and, and 
it was the story of two young ladies, um, a, a young girl, say, I think she was about eight years old, and her sister, who was about 14 years old, um, whose father had passed away and then mother had passed away. And rather than her mo their mother, rather than seeing them go into the foster care system and potentially be separated, had planned on how they could stay together and stay alone. These two girls lived alone. They took care of each other. Uh, they did not have a mother or a father. They went to school. They, they had great grades. Um, and they kept were able to keep that secret for a while. Wow. But, um, That's a, a cool a, story. But a smart teacher inevitably caught on to them. Um, and it's the story of how this, uh, this teacher and her husband uh, the, the, the teacher could not have children, unfortunately. The husband didn't, was really kind of happy about not having children. Um, but it left a, a hole in their relationship and a hole in their lives. And um, they ended up adopting these two white girls um, who came into their life as a gift of God. And and just it was an amazing, just an amazing story. That so cool so both story. of those are, are are two that I'm all I'm I'm particularly proud of. Very good. So you, had, you Sarah, you had made the point that I I wasn't happy in D.C. In fact, I came to actually really love Washington D.C. Uh, I loved everything about the beautiful it. Beautiful city. I love that it wasn't New York, which is where I'm from. I love that I could jump in the car and see my three kids who were living in New York City and throw my dog in the back and drive four hours and not have to get in an airplane. Um, I love the cultural aspects of the city. The history. We, we lived in Georgetown, and, and I love being able to walk everywhere. And my commute up to, to Silver Spring, where TV1 was, right across the street from the Discovery Network, was really, really short. Um, we, had a, we had a great life there. but. The, you know, the problem was I was very purpose-driven uh, in, 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 in what I wanted to do, and the company as a whole, the, the corporation was not purpose-driven. Gotcha. Was, it, you know, it was um, – you know, there was a lot of debt because of all, there were a lot of radio stations that had been – it was essentially a radio company. Right. It was owned by Urban One, which used to be Radio One, the largest black media company in the world, which is a, ter you know, a terrific company, and the stations are amazing. Um, but because the radio business was um, going – uh, you know, it was not a growth business, and TV was still growth at that moment in time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the a lot of the revenue had to be sucked out of the TV business to to fuel the debt of the company, and um, and and in TV we didn't get to realize and do the kind of programming that we needed to do to really compete for black viewers. You gotcha. know? When I got to TV One in 2015. It would, uh, te television networks had really begun to understand that black audiences watched a disproportion disproportionate amount of television, um, like 50% more television than non than non black audiences. Okay. It was starting. People were starting to see it. They started to see it in what was happening on ABC with Chandra's programs. Yep. Which but, we are huge fans and, and, of. And, mm -hmm. and, and then some of the shows that were happening, like on Wii. So all of a sudden, these networks that were not targeting African-American audience were finding that their hit shows were shows that were 
predominantly black audiences. The Braxtons and then Mary Mary. Um, so, so those shows were starting to become hit shows and you started to see that across the television landscape. And all of a sudden, you know, television executives started to scratch their heads and go, whoa, you know, um, our ratings are going down everywhere, but these shows that are, are, are telling black stories or feature a lot of black actors are doing better and they're right. you know they're sort of our little our hits let's do more right and all of these companies had a lot more resources that we had and then you had this behemoth happen which was called empire yeah and you had a show that not only featured people of color in 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 the casts which is sort of the way the broadcast networks had done it to them they weren't yep. telling culturally unique stories they would just put african-americans latinos in the cast right. and go, oh, this is a multicultural story. And it right. wasn't, right. right? Right. But when Empire hit, Empire was a truly cultural, unique story. And when it became the number one hit in the world, the world changed. And got of, bigger numbers every week. Every the week. The first season. Right. It was like, oh, my God. So now, it, you know, you, you had a show that not only was 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 cast or populated with people of color, it was about people of color and a very unique part of black culture, but everybody was watching it. And that said, I sent a signal to every television producer, every television network, broadcasting cable, it's like, oh, we gotta jump on that bandwagon. And little old TV One, um, that was an independent network, not owned by a conglomerate, no longer a part of NBC, um, trying to do it on its own, didn't have the resources to compete day-to-day -day in the original program or even acquired programming the way a Viacom could, a Fox could, ABC networks, Disney, nobody. So it, it became, even the AMC networks were, were, who never were really targeting black audiences were starting to beat us on any given day. So it, for me, it was very, very frustrating because I knew what we needed to do, and, and and the staff knew what we needed to do, we just we just didn't have the money to do it. Your hands so, were tied. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at you, and you are not a black man. You're a white man, and I want to know. I am. You are. Well, it's only only in person. <laughs> I want to know how you started to work in black entertainment, and how you open doors and if there were any anything any rebuffs or were people like hey come on come on in I, i'm curious i've always been curious about this with you it's your thing do what you want to do i can't tell you who to sock it to hey sarah with two kids in college, how are you guys pulling this off financially? I won't lie, it's tough. My husband and I are having a lot of late night discussions. I'm saving for my niece's college and that is crazy expensive. That's why I'm so glad to introduce you to Halpern Financial. They're helping me be more organized with my finances and we're also gonna plan out my retirement. Oh, it would be so nice to have someone we can trust to help us juggle all of our goals and still stay current for our needs now. Well, you can. Halpern Financial has a suite of financial experts available to you for all areas. Halpern is a fiduciary, 
fee-only, independent advisor that offers a combination of online tools and personal connection to help clients systematically achieve their goals. Wow, I'm going to find out how to achieve my goals at helpernfinancial.com slash girls on film. Well, they're my lifesaver, and they can be for you too. Click on halpernfinancial.com slash girls on film. You know, I, I think, honestly, there's, there's something in my genes and there's something in my history um, that just naturally gravitated towards, um, towards an interest in, in being fascinated or, or, or being passionate about black stories and culturally unique stories. Um, I think part of it is I've always been, and this goes to this purpose-driven thing we were talking about, you know, sort of I've always been a champion of the underdog. Um, You know, I think part of that comes from from growing up Jewish, um, growing up and not, you know, being okay, you know, from an income point of view, but, but, you know, my family struggled and then it, it towards, when I got into high school and then college, my my parents had really no money. Um, I had to put myself through school, so I got I, I, I experienced you know lower middle classdom, um, and and knew what that was like, and and then I think so that was naturally in me that kind of uh, that I responded to stories of, about writing injustices. It sounds like there's a lot of curiosity there too, just in general. I think this curiosity about people of other cultures and what people go through, but I also think that there's um, a, a true desire in me to right wrongs and right injustices. Okay. And I think that when I came to Turner Broadcasting, unbeknownst to me, you know, I came in, in, in 1993, I started out as the executive vice president of TNT. Yeah. And that was a, you know, a huge canvas to play on for me. Sure. Having come from American movie classics before that. And because Ted similarly wanted to tell those kinds of stories, and I think Ted naturally was drawn. We're talking about Mr. Ted Turner. Ted now. Turner, yeah. right. Ted, you know, Ted wanted to do purpose-driven stories also, but right. he didn't call them purpose-driven. You know, Ted just had, they were chapters of history that, sure. he, was, um, that he was fascinated with and that, and that he felt needed to be told. And they, were, and they came so naturally for me as well. So I was blessed in that, you know, Ted had a big checkbook and, and, and he wanted to make the movies and tell the kinds of stories that he wanted to tell. And it, it, so when we presented Ted with Buffalo Soldiers um, with Danny Glover, which was you know a, a sort of an, a small chapter in the Civil War um, with a with a black unit that was fighting, um, you know that was a story Ted was willing to, wanted to tell. Yeah, and it was one that I gravitated towards, and one that today I'm. You know, incredibly proud of. Again, Absolutely. It, it, I don't think it was able to be. I think we were too small at that point for Emmy awards. So it won the. Uh, it, it won, best picture for the Cable Ace Awards or something like that. 
Well, stories with a positive impact are still in your daily life here at Brand New World. That's what we're all about. I mean, that, that was, you know, when I, when I, after TV One, I said, okay, I want to focus on content. I don't want, for now, you know, in this chapter, the, like, the, you know, I look at my life as quarters, like a basketball game, you know, and I mean, I guess I'm in my fourth quarter here or late third quarter, but, and I said, you know, I want to focus just on content. I don't want to have to worry about the thousands of people that you need to run a television network or the hundreds of people you need to run a television network and ad sales and affiliate sales and network operations and all the things that go into running a television network and, and managing all of those people and the politics of it and, and, and the economics of it. I just said, you know, I want to focus on the programming and the content part of it. And then I realized when I looked at my body of work, like the things we were talking about, the things that I was most proud of were the things that um, that that were about writing injustices right. and and, the, and that were quote purpose driven or or were meaningful stories that were positively impacting people's lives. So I had the idea of starting a production company. I needed a unique sort of position, and the place that felt the best for me was purpose driven and was meaningful stories. Um, and I, I started to talk to people about it. And then I had an idea of like, what if companies, corporations and brands that were purpose driven, my sense was that they were only telling their story internally, that, that, that they used purpose sort of as sort of a, a, a culture builder uh, for their employees and their stakeholders. They weren't telling the world what their purpose was. It was sort of like, as, as my partner Joey Ryman calls it, an inside job, right. you know? Right. Um, but when we started talking about this a year ago, um, companies were not externalizing their purpose, but purpose was becoming really hot. And uh, you know, I, had a, I, I was talking to a lot of people about what I wanted to do, and really after three weeks of meeting after I left TV1, I did a week of meetings in New York, a week of meetings in LA. I came to Atlanta for three days. The last person I met with was Joey Ryman. And I knew that Joey was sort of the godfather of purpose. He had written um, several books on it, including sort of the Bible of Purpose for Business. Uh, he taught at Emory University. He built an incredibly successful consulting agency called Bright House yep. that he had sold to the Boston Consulting Group. So I went to see Joey. I never, I didn't, I knew him since I had moved to Atlanta, didn't know him well, knew he was really creative, um, worked with him once on actually the renaming of uh, from GMC to Up. Gotcha. Um, he was involved in that. And um, so I got to see a little bit of his creative genius at work. And I said, look, this is what I want to do. Do you think we can go to the companies that, the more than 200 companies and brands that you've worked with and I imagine you have a great reputation with and convince them that now's the time to externalize their message of purpose and the best way to do that is through storytelling. It's not in commercials. It's not in 30-second commercials. And, um, and convince them that you know, they should pay for these, this, these movies and that there could be, they could be in the movie business in a sense and get a return on their investment rather than it's a financial return, not just a marketing return. That that business and because a movie lasts so forever. Great. It does. Yeah. It's not something that's here today and gone tomorrow. And your purpose is something that lasts forever, right? right? Mm -hmm. So it's not a campaign. So Joey looked at me. I, I, I met with him at, at his home when he was living over at 
it was in the Ritz Carlton in, uh, in in Buckhead or the residences, and um, it was a Friday. It was my last meeting. It was a Friday at one thirty in the afternoon, and Joey goes, "I think that's a really great idea. In fact, I think it's 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 very viable. As a matter of fact, um, I uh, I just left Bright House as chairman and CEO. Um, I resigned. I sold my company to Boston Consulting Group. I just finished my two-year exclusivity, and I want to start a film company doing purpose-driven films also. In fact, I already have a deal with SunTrust Bank to do a feature film, uh, and I have a name of a company. It's called Brand New World. Oh. And I was like, wow. well, well, darn. That's about the best name I've ever heard for a, for a company doing what it. we want to do. Yeah. It's like, I want that name. <laughs> and he said, why don't we just partner on it? Yeah. You know, I know the, the purpose side and I know the, 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 the marketing and corporation side. You know, I've been doing purpose for 25 years. And, and you know the film and, and, and television and distribution side. And, um, and, and why don't we do this together? And uh, so that was a Friday, like at 1.30. Uh, I went home. I, I talked to my wife about it. And I said, you know, I, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. And, um, and, and told her what had happened. And my wife is usually skeptical of everything. And it's like, and, and, and never makes a decision very quickly on something, usually for the best of us. Said, uh, you know, I think you ought to do it. Like that fast. You know, wow. I think this is something you should seriously consider. A good idea is yeah. a good idea. A good idea is, and there are no coincidences. Mm -hmm. I, t <laughs> I, t I told a friend of mine, so that was, I came on Friday, told her about it. The next day, Saturday morning, I, I saw a friend of mine who is a Johnson fellow, and she worked in the Johnson White House, who's an amazing writer and thinker, but she's also a psychic and a healer. And she runs the prayer and meditation circles at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. And I told her about this, told her exactly what happened. She said, you know, I'm going to think about this, and I want to go into the universe and see what it has to say about it. And, so interesting. And she came back to me the next day, and she said, I've got the most powerful reading I've ever had in, in my entire life of doing this, um, and I think you absolutely need to do this. And, and, and she said, I don't usually say that to people, but I think you absolutely need to do this. And um, so I went back and I took that very seriously. Um, and I took what, you know, my own feelings, my, my wife's thought, I came back to Atlanta on the Wednesday and, um, and, and met with Joey for the entire day and, and some other people he was involved with um, and, and, and left here. I went back to Atlanta on Wednesday night and I said to my wife, I think, you know, I think I want to do this. Um, and, um, I told uh, I was going to Israel for the first time in my life on on for two weeks on um, that Sunday, and I said I want to make a decision before we go, and 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 we'd have to move back to Atlanta, and we had our house here, so we had gone, we rented our house out to a certain famous actor who was in a certain famous Marvel movie. Um, oh, tell us. Um, that was a really big deal, and he was the star. Um, and, and so he, they left at the end of December of, of, 20, uh, of 2017. Right, they left December 2017. We moved back in in 20, uh, February 2018. And um, 
and, and start and started and started the company. So Very it was cool. it was great for us to be able to just move right back into our house. Um, and of course, Georgia with an amazing place to make film because of the tax credit. So so that's that's the story how how I got to do this. So you're putting the peach on at the end to get that extra 10%, right? We are not only putting the peach on, we are eating the peach. <laughs> yes. That's we perfect. love the peach. But ironically, I had, Joey and I had lunch yesterday with Michael Coles, um, ah, who you may know from yeah, yeah. Kennesaw yeah. Business School yeah, and, before. and started the, you know, he had started the uh, Great American Cookie Company. Yep. But Michael was the uh, com film commissioner under Governor Barnes when I was running TNT and he had come to see me, I think I was running Turner, not, it was, I had taken on all the other television networks at Turner and he had come to see me to tell me about this film credit idea, you know, and I was like, I, it was over my pay scale, you know, um, and, 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 but he said, what he said that did register to me was like, you know, you could get 30 cents back on the dollar um, or 20 cents back on the dollar at that time, and then another 10% if you put the peach on. Um, and if you make, if you start making these films in Georgia, and we had already done a few films in Georgia. We had we had made Andersonville in Georgia. Um, that was actually the first big film that we made in Georgia, and and had a great experience doing that. That was sort of the sequel to Gettysburg. Right, right. So. Um, you know, again, there's no coincidences that it, it was about 10 years since I had seen Michael Coles. And but, what a what a story that is, But he really sort of put us too. into this. Yeah. So besides Tr SunTrust, can you tell us some of your other target clients or clients that you already have? Well, yes. So the next, the film we then Good made question. was Interface. We made a film for Interface, yeah. which is not a consumer-facing company. It's an industrial carpet company. Ray Anderson. Uh, right. Very but familiar. so and and. This was a great project for us, um, and it, we're, uh, we're going to release this film. It's actually a, a musical film with an original song. Um, so Ray Anderson had a goal for Interface, which was to be, when he was alive, which yep. was to <clears throat> have his company, with, you know, the, the industrial carpet company was known as, you know, the dirtiest industry in the world. But Ray was one of the early environmentalists in the industry. And he had a goal when he was alive of having Interface become the first um, environmentally neutral company. Yeah, zero and, emission. Right, zero. exactly. Yep. But be you know whatever you whatever you put out, you take back. Exactly. Right? And um, in, by 2020, well, Ray passed away several years ago, and Jay Gould became the CEO, and he took that um, that goal and that vision to heart and amped it up even more. Uh, and, 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 and guided the company to being environmentally neutral in 2018. So Jay came, and, and Joey had worked with Jay several times, and Joey was involved in, in helping Jay find the purpose for Interface and, and came up with um, uh, excavating that purpose, as Joey likes to say. And, and their purpose was leading industry to love the world or leading industry to love the planet. Love it. And that's something that Ray very much did. If you read his books and you yep. listened to Ray, that was what he was about. That's very much what Jay is about also and what the company is about, not and, just the and leaders. And very authentically. Incredibly authentic. Right. So um, when, when they hit that goal in 2018, Jay came to us and said, I'm going to have all of my salespeople, eight, over 800 people 
in for a worldwide summit in Atlanta in January of 2018. If I gave you those 800 people for four hours on Monday, January 28th, uh, and my goal was to send them out into the world as evangelists for our purpose, leading industry to love the world, but also as evangelists for climate take back. Um, and, and what would you do? And we came up with the idea of, and, we, and I want them to be involved in it, right? Sure. be a part of it. So we came up with the idea of writing a song that would be an anthem for the environment um, everyone always likes to say, Allah, we are the world. And, and, and then creating a music, fi a film, a mu music video, but a musical film that can incorporate all 800 people in those, you know, four hours that we have them, but tell an epic, we, 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 we pitched the idea of telling an epic story about destruction to celebration about what industry and the citizens of the world were doing to destroy mother earth. But what could happen if that changed and, and, and if industry listened and, and saw what they were doing to the planet and understood that, it, and that the planet was going to be over, is going to be over, if we don't do something different. And, and that's what this story is about. So the next film we're releasing is, is called One Life. The song's called One Life. Um, it's going to be released internally by um, uh, by Interface tomorrow, worldwide. Oh wow. And then we're going to release the music video, I think, next week. Uh, we, we sneak peeked it and premiered it at South by Southwest to standing room only audiences with the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, the Metro Chamber of Commerce. Um, response was, was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and, um, and anybody who's seen it, it's just. That's Just, so the, the exciting. The response has only been incredible. When can we see it? I'm so excited to see this. Well, I'll, sh I'll show it to you before you leave. I am, like, and pumped. And then we are going to, um, so we're going to release the video next week, and then we're going to release the song, because um, we have a three-minute pop version of the song, uh, probably around June 5th to coincide with, the United Nations World Environmental Day. And I, this is the first time I'm saying that. That's so, very, very exciting. So, um, you know, we missed Earth Day, unfortunately. When is uh, the UN? But that, that's June 5th. So that's what we're thinking about, and that's, that's the date we're working at. The song um, was written by a guy by the name of Siege Monstrosity. We went out to 15 writers, <laughs> and in the 11th hour, this song came through the door and we were all sitting in an edit room uh, downtown Atlanta and listening to all the songs. And literally, we had chosen one. And, 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 and the song we had chosen was written and produced by friends of ours right here um, who, who, who are great. They do trailers. They, they write the music for, for theatrical trailers. And, um, but then this song came through the door, and everybody knew it was the song. When you wow. hear it, you'll get it. You'll wow. understand why. And uh, yeah, so I, we think it's gonna, we think it's gonna change the world. I'm so excited about that, and I think we should drop our drop this podcast on June fifth. That's a great idea. If well, if that's the date, we'll know soon if the if yeah. the United Nations wants to partner up with us on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Just call Sam Nunn. He'll help you. Really? Yeah. You have his number? Yeah. Okay. And his daughters. Okay. <laughs> Michelle <Perfect>. and Sam. <laughs> yep. And Ted. 
Well, I did call. We we just Damn. we just in fact that's what that's what these calls were going back and forth. Gotcha. Um, because somebody just said to us, you know, why don't you do it on, on on World Environmental Day with the United Nations? Yep. And because that's you know one of the things of our com- with our company, if you if you went to our website and, and saw, we try and align the purpose and and the and purpose of companies with the needs of the world right brands so, into stands t- turning right turning brands into stands and and the needs of the world are defined by i think the 17 um millennial goals yeah. that the united nations have set up and if you go look at those 17 world united yeah. nations goals you'll see that Virtually every problem in the world are defined by those. And there's somebody at the United Nations who's responsible for each one of those. The sustainable so, development goals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So what, we're, what we've done with our company, with Brand New World, is say that we want every one of our films to focus on one, at least one of those United Nations sustainable goals. Right. So we align a company and a brand with the story in the film yeah. and the United Nations uh, Sustainable Millennial Goals. Gotcha, gotcha. I've done some, I just recently, I think I mentioned to you, I did some work with um, the United Nations Education Institute on global climate. And in the fall, um, was very, I applied for a position, you know, on, as a, on a committee. And out of 400 applicants, I got picked to be one of 30 and um, participating in that and I love doing that and I think what you're doing is so exciting and relevant so I'm I'm happy I'm so excited I'm gonna be paying close we're attention. like a, a mini participant film I think no I think it's about. great and I don't think there are any other companies doing what you're doing so that is um, that makes you such a standout again yeah because you've you've done things like this before, where you've started, you know, the gospel music. It was the gospel music channel. It was um, that that was in, nobody had done. I mean, that there was, was nothing. October of two thousand and four. Charlie and I launched that into the world, and it started in seventeen thousand homes in Johnson, Tennessee. Um, it went through two transformations because it went from gospel music channel, which was the first. Um, gospel and Christian music television network, like the the gospel and Christian music version of MTV, yep. and then transformed as MTV did into more of a uh, beyond, went beyond just music, and then we had to call it GMC because it didn't make sense to call it Gospel and Music Channel anymore. So we called it GMC Uplifting Entertainment, and then everyone thought that was a truck company. Um, <laughs> so we then you know had to rename it again. And, um, and, and we were uplifting entertainment and we were searching for like, the, you know, what's the greatest name and the coolest name and how do we go, where, where does it go? And that's when Joey and I, were, we brought Joey in and Bright House in to help yeah. work with it. And then my partner, Charlie, just like had an epiphany one day. I think he was driving on vacation for spring break and he pulled over to the side of the, the road and said, it's right in front of us. Yeah. It's, it's up. up. It's uplifting entertainment. Let's call up. it up. Um, completely get it right so they so we you know everyone was like 
duh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and he was like, he secretly called out, you know, the art directors and the creative directors and said, I want you to make up, you know, do logos that are up. It was like, he he wanted to like unveil it to everybody. It was, it was so right on, you know. It's it was so like, fun. And um, it was just a great name, so I thought. So much fun. Up, Uplifting Entertainment. So to all the, to all the naysayers... And then we launched Aspire also. Right. Right. So then we right. also. Another great word. W- yes. Right. So that was a partnership with Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that was Magic Johnson and up in partnership. Really Magic Johnson's network. We own, we operated it um, and, and still do. And um, I wrote the business plan for that. That was a passion project for me. Go figure. Um, and that was supposed to be a really uplifting, inspirational, aspirational network for black adults. Fantastic. And, and, and that's why we called it Aspire. Yeah. Yeah. Such great stories. Oh, my God. I think we might have used up all our time with you for, for this one. But I think we might need to Sad come. Sad but true. We might need to come back. <laughs> I, I invite everybody to go to the Brand New World website. And read it all because it's brandnewworldstudios.com. Sorry, yes. Yeah, you have to put the studios in. Gotcha. Studios, and just Did just I say read brandnewworldstudios.com. Was that brand new world studios? That is. That's a oh. shame, com. shameless oh, yeah. plug. All right, gotcha. We love those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go there, read it, love it, because we really love spending time with you today. Next week, you'll probably be able to see One Life. Can't um, wait. And then Can't when wait. you do see it, share it with the world. We will. Mm-hmm. We will. We'll be tweeting about you. Thanks. And everything else about you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate so you, it. You want to take us out the door, darling? That's right. We are Girls on Film, and we are out. out.